and greetings, salutations, all those funky words to say, hey, glad to have you here. Welcome or welcome back to the Yearbooking Report podcast. I would say Happy New Year, even though this is mid-January, New Year's feels like it was ages ago, right? For most schools, again, the struggles and challenges and such continue no matter where you might be listening, but we're glad you're listening. Thanks for joining us. My name is Scott Giese. I've been a 22-year representative for Jostin's Yearbooks, and this is sobering to say, now that we're into 2021, it's been 40 years for me since I entered journalism. If I go right from my senior year of high school, right after graduation, I was fortunate enough to get a job immediately at a local commercial radio station where I worked, and I kind of climbed the ladder, did everything at that place. DJed, hosted shows, did the news, did the sports, co-hosted the morning show, did commercials, all that during college, and loved it. And I've been a journalist and a broadcaster ever since, and for the last 22 years on the yearbook front. There are a lot of stories to be told, and I'm hoping that your yearbook staff is really telling a lot of them during what I'm calling the most historic school year ever. But, but, a lot of folks out there are really, really struggling. Now, as we record this in mid-January, we're roughly speaking about halfway through the school year. Little ahead for some, little behind for some others, depending on timing. And yes, if you are listening and you're struggling right now, uh, you feel like you're behind schedule, you feel like you're failing somehow, no. First of all, you're not failing. And for this year, you're in the norm. You are in the norm. So do not feel badly. But can we help you out with some ideas and advice? And I think we can in this particular episode because recently we talked to somebody that I kind of refer to as a queen of yearbooking. Now, I think you earn the term queen because, number one, you are outstanding at what you do, and number two, you've been doing it for a very long time. And that would describe Margaret Sorrows. Now, for folks who that have been in the yearbook biz for maybe any semblance of time, and especially if you're into journalism, you know, you're a, you're a JEA member and so on, you've heard of Margaret because she is just an outstanding yearbook advisor, or was. She retired about five years ago, and we are so thankful at Jostens to now have her as what we call a Jostens ambassador. Her job, and we're loving that she's with us, her job is to help yearbook staffs anywhere, anytime, with anything. Usually in person, but of course this year, primarily all online. Margaret really knows her stuff, and she has such an interesting story to tell you here. And then along the way, she's going to share some really, really great advice. First, for struggling yearbook staffs right now. In other words, what can you do in particular situations that I know you're hitting right now? And then also for yearbook advisors who are just struggling mightily right now, from rookie advisors who kind of walked into this situation this year, all the way up to veteran advisors who probably thought, I can almost do this in my sleep. Well, this year, nobody is doing this job in their sleep. And if anybody has great advice, it's our friend Margaret Sorrows. She is fabulous. So I tell you what, grab a beverage. You know, if you're in a nice comfy chair, sit back. Hopefully you have a notepad with you because you really should be taking notes during this presentation. She really knows her stuff. So let's not waste time. Let's meet Margaret. 
Well, Margaret, first off, I've been looking forward to this interview because I've seen your work and it's been fantastic. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But first off, welcome to the Yearbooking Report and thanks for joining us. Thank you for asking me. It's exciting to share with your uh, Jostens community uh, maybe some new ideas for uh, putting together a yearbook in a pandemic. Now, folks, um, in the yearbooking world, Margaret is like the queen of yearbook, all right? <laughs> if you're really, really into yearbooking, and maybe you've been doing it for a while, in other words, you're not a rookie, you've been doing this for a while, I have to believe you've heard Margaret's name because the books that she created, just Margaret off the charts. Um, but let's, let's start with this. Uh, for folks that don't know you, all right. Tell us something about yourself. You know, how long have you been doing this? Where are you from? Your background and so on. Well, I retired in 2015 from Bryant High School in Bryant, Arkansas. And that was a school that I had stayed at the longest. I think I was there 24 years. And in that uh, tenure there at Bryant High School, it, I realized there was a journalism program that was waiting to explode. All they needed was some leadership and some training. So while I was there at Bryant, I advised the school newspaper print. Uh, we started an online newspaper and I advised the yearbook. And Bryant High School uh, district is it was a very growing district so by the time I retired there were about 3,000 kids at Bryant High School and so we were doing uh, about a 500 page yearbook and a print newspaper and an online paper when I say we were doing it I wasn't doing anything the kids were doing it all it was their voice I was trying just to keep up with them because they were far ahead of me. They had the culture to produce amazing journalistic publications. Now, not this year, because I think if you do physical workshops for your book this year, I think you get arrested or something. <laughs> but in, in prior years, I've always managed to, how shall we say, snitch a copy of a prior Bryant yearbook. And so in my boxes of books, which is somewhere around here someplace, I have, I think, two or three Bryant yearbooks from prior years. And I've remarked to workshop groups, hey, this is one of the finest yearbooks in America. And of course, then the kids are like, ooh, and they come up and they, they pick up the book and they're turning the pages and they're looking at the cover and so on. Now, it's interesting. You said that sort of when you kind of took over over two decades, decades ago, you saw something in this group or you thought this is a group that is, I don't know, ready to explode or something like that. All right. What did you see? I'm just curious. What, what, what got you going that this group could do some great stuff? Well, I, I'm going to say I'm very competitive and I like challenges. And I think that in every school, you can, you can monitor and create a culture of great scholastic journalism. So the yearbook advisor in front of me, before me, had been fired. 
And just every year there had been a changeover of advisors. And I remember when I interviewed for the job, I told the principal, I said, I'm the one that I want the job. I want to be the advisor. You know, and he said, well, we never have anybody coming in here wanting to be the advisor of the yearbook or anything like that. He said, I want to hire you over the phone. So I said, no, no, I, I need to come look at the school at least. And so um, when I when I took over the program, I think there were, let's just talk mainly about the yearbook aspect of it. There were, I think, five kids on staff and they were, you know, not the kids, they were more what I call the outcast kids in school, kids who really didn't belong anywhere, but somehow they'd been stuck in this yearbook class. And so it was important to me to sit down with them at the beginning and to see that I was going to be invested in them, in their education, and I was going to spend time and effort with them to produce a product that they could be proud of for years. And so we had that conversation and I explained to them my background and what we could do if we worked together. And those five kids, we did a 100% turnaround in that yearbook that year. And I can remember uh, I even uh, proposed that I love new ideas and we had this big um, distribution event where we put together kind of uh, an overview of the year multimedia thing. And I can remember the student body seniors coming to get their yearbook and turning around to the other seniors and say, y'all, this is really good for once. This is good. <laughs> so it, for me, it was all about seeing what you could do with good design, photography, writing, uh, and a theme to tell the story of who you are as a school. Now, I tell you what, Margaret, later on, I'm going to have a question about motivating kids. Okay. Uh, especially in this totally insane year that we're in. Sounds okay. like you sounds like you definitely did it. So folks, stay tuned. All right. We got some ideas coming up here, but all right. But but let's go back that first year. First off, um, it's interesting. You mentioned that all of your predecessors essentially just lasted a year. Um, I think this is still accurate on a national basis. The average tenure of a yearbook advisor is still only about three years. I believe that's correct. It's still only, in other words, somebody is advisor for three years and they give it up on average. So when you were coming in, clearly you had a challenge, but it sounds like you did this in one year. Now be specific, Margaret, one or two years, maybe be specific. What did you do differently that maybe your predecessors just didn't do? Well, you can't completely turn around a program in a year, but what you can do is take baby steps every year. So those baby steps started with, I think, photography. Because if you want your school to love your yearbook, give them great photos. So that was back in the day where we were in the dark room. 
and we were working with film and you would take a roll of 36 images and hope that you got one that was in focus. So I had a couple kids who had a keen interest in photography. And if you can zero in on where kids are interested, then I think you can kind of hook them into a program that they can produce content that they would be proud of. I am a firm believer that every kid in high school wants to be involved in some program that they can be proud of and can be a winning program for them, something that they feel successful in. A lot of the kids, the first years on staff, they were, they had terrible grades. And, you know, we worked on that. We worked on, I was going to help them with their grades. We would help each other. So to me, it's all about starting a culture of success and teamwork and caring because the kids know you really care about them. It's hard for them not to come up to your expectations. Now I did all kinds of things that we couldn't do today. For instance, if we had to stay after school, a lot of those five kids didn't have transportation. And so I would say, hey, if you can stay, I will take you home. Now the Bright District was huge and rural. And so sometimes that would involve 20 miles out of my way with my own two kids in the car. But I, I wanted to show the kids that if you invest in this program, I will invest in you. Now, it's interesting. You mentioned photography, and that's where I would start. So we're, we're in definite agreement there on that one. Uh, free plug, the Jostens Photo Contest is going on right now. It started. All right, Margaret and I are recording this in mid-January, but it's underway. And it's interesting, Margaret, every year when I see the winners of the contest in the different categories, there's always Bryant High School photos that are winners. So you you did something there. You You really did. How many now, all right, you've been retired for several years now, but right now, how, I guess, how big is the Bryant staff? You mentioned you only had five when you started. What's it now? Well, it, the administration at Bryant High School would only let me have one class period for yearbook. So in Arkansas, class size is limited to 30. So it cannot be more than 30. And usually when I was picking staff in the spring, I would pick around 28 and it was very difficult because I would get so many great applications, but you never know in the summer where you're going to get a great transfer student. I've even had kids even transfer to Bryant because they wanted to be in that journalism program and the journalism program at their school was not doing it for them. So reputation, again, it's all about kids wanting to learn because kids really do, I think, are interested in uh, their careers at an early age and many wanted to learn about journalism and again, be in that culture of a yearbook, newspaper, online newspaper, who is a, a leader and making good decisions and leading 
the country even with their journalistic endeavors. And I think you did. I mean, I, I like I said, I find found ways to purloin copies of your book to put in my collection to say, folks, you have got to look at this one right here. But anyway, now, right now, you, you work for us, Margaret. You're a Jostens ambassador, along with our friend Casey Nichols, who we talked to on this show before. All right. Now, for folks who aren't familiar, especially maybe Jostens schools, what is a Jostens ambassador? What are you doing right now? Well, Casey and I laugh to talk because we uh, love to talk. We are very good friends and we are kind of like a jack of all trades. So whatever a rep, a scholastic press association, uh, national conventions, whatever we need to do, we can pretty much do. He and I can both do teach writing. We can teach design, photography, theme development, motivation, uh, staff management. So we do a little bit of everything. We work a lot with curriculum. We're on the uh, CAM team of which we teach now for the past year, virtual workshops in all aspects of yearbooking. And we meet with schools, we meet with advisors, we look at theme packets. I answer text messages and emails constantly. We're just a resource. We are, uh, we want to be the ones who we've been in the trenches with the advisors and we want to help advisors. That is the passion and love and where Casey and my hearts are. Margaret, I think I'm jealous. That sounds like a fun, job. Fun, fun job. We'll get back to more with yearbook advisor extraordinaire, expert, lots of other terms, Margaret Sorrows, coming up here in just a bit. Now again, here we are, we're recording this in mid-January, and a lot of things are crazy and changed and disrupted and all that nutty stuff this year, but at least one thing isn't. And that's our annual Justin's Photo Contest. It is up and running. Now take some notes here. Deadline, March 1st. Now that does not mean you wait till March 1st to enter. All right, don't do that. I know that for a lot of uh, yearbook staffs out there, getting photos this year has been challenging. Just getting photos has been challenging. Getting good photos, even more challenging. But I know they're out there. And so for students, that means you need to enter the Jostens Photo Contest. Now, please mark this down, www.jostens.com slash photo contest. Or there is actually another address, www.jostensphotocontest.com. Either one of those takes you to the same place. All the information is there, how to enter. And by the way, of course, it's free and you do it online. It's very simple to do no matter where you are. Of course, again, this is a student contest, not an advisor contest. There are 10 categories, so plenty of chances to enter. Now, one of those 10 is especially for middle schools and junior highs so that the younger students aren't competing against the older students. So for any younger groups listening, 
check out that particular category. But then there are nine other categories to choose from. One of them we call yearbookers in action. And of course, that would be yearbook kids doing yearbooky stuff. All right, those make for some pretty interesting images sometimes. And then there's the other eight at categories, all kinds, all sorts of great stuff, lots of prizes for each category. And then for the grand prize, you sort of the grand poobah photo of the year, how about a thousand dollars? and a brand new top-notch uh, camera package and some other goodies. Oh boy, there's some great, great prizes there. And all you have to do is enter. Now, when you're on the website, you know, check out the rules, all that sort of stuff. Check out the release form. Now that's something for students, you need to do this. If you have a picture of a person and you put that into a contest where you could win something, you need to get the person's permission to use the photo of them, all right? And if you have multiple photos of multiple people, yep, you need to get that release form. Let's make sure we have our P's and Q's kind of in line. It's not hard to do, it's very, very simple. But you can download the form from the website and it's easy to do. Now, once again, the deadline is March 1st. Please don't wait that long. If you've got some great stuff right now and you're thinking this could be a winner maybe, first place, second place, third place, we have all those positions for all the different categories, please enter. We always love to get more entries and frankly for this challenging year we're wondering, you know, or, or is it possible the number of entries could go down this year? Our hope is that in some way they might actually go up and that is on you. So please enter. Advisors, if you're listening, encourage your students to enter. Once again, www.jostens.com slash photo contest or www.jostensphotocontest.com. Who knows? You could be a big winner and we'd love to see your pictures. So please enter today. Now let's get back to more great advice and ideas for this crazy year we're in with your book veteran, Margaret Sorrows. Now let's open that up a little bit though. All right. You've been, I call it your booking. I think you just used that term. You, you've been at, I've been at this for over two decades. You've been at this longer than that. Forget this crazy year we're sitting in right now. All right. Just your booking in general, from when you started that first year you talked about until now, how has your booking changed or maybe the basics haven't changed at all? Has there been any change in what we do over these decades? Okay, there have been tremendous changing. You know, when I started just the technology of this, we were typing on electric typewriters and doing quad packs and working in the darkroom. So the technology is amazing what kids can do. And for me, the storytelling is the biggest change. We are no longer just telling stories about the football team, the cheerleaders, and the homing, homecoming queen. We are really dwelling in to the student body, what makes students tick. We are looking at all aspects of school life in and out of school. And we're, uh, yearbooks today are writing content that holds up forever. Content of stories, kids who, are, uh, who have had to deal with some serious issues, some happy issues, 
but we are telling the story of who we are each year as a school community. All right, now here's a follow-up. Um, the question is, is yearbooking easier or harder now than it was in the past? Now, for instance, you just mentioned electric typewriters, and I remember, I remember the grid paper that we had to use to draw out boxes and all that sort of stuff. Folks, trust me on this one. It was more difficult to make a book back then than it is now. Now you hop online and I'm done. But I, I know some people, Margaret, they just heard what you said and they're thinking, oh man, that sounds really hard telling all those stories. Uh, what would you respond to that? No, I, I, I think no, it, it is what we need to do because when you're creating a yearbook, you are creating a year of history of your school. And I think you should tell that history differently every year because every school year is different though typically especially now typically the school year is pretty much the same every year you've got to make that yearbook new fresh and inviting and if you have 200 students in your school or you have 3,000 students you can make an amazing publication if you get outside of your comfort zone and look for the stories. I don't think it's harder today at all. In fact, I think it is amazing what we can teach kids and kids can in, encompass to, to make their yearbooks with the technology, digital photography, uh, storytelling with the tools that Jostens has. And by the way, Jostens has some amazing curriculum that I have been very fortunate to be a consultant on in writing and in photography. And every time that we are working on creating new curriculum, we're always thinking about what do students and advisors need? What is going to be the tool that's going to aid them to make a better yearbook every year? And boy, oh boy, has this been a year of stories, okay? Oh boy. Yeah, Margaret's nodding, I'm nodding. A uh, little off the subject, Margaret, I'm just curious. Now, here where I live and work, which is central and northern Pennsylvania, it's been a rough year. I mean, teachers are struggling, uh, stressed, kids are struggling, administrators are stressed. I mean, the whole nine yards. Yearbooks are struggling. I'm just curious. I, I, I assume everybody out there is struggling. I'm talking about coast to coast. What's it like where you live in Arkansas? This whole insane situation we're in right now. How's the school year gone? Or maybe it's gone better for you folks. Well, no, it, they, they also are dealing with a lot of issues with the pandemic. So in, in Arkansas, this is where I say that these advisors should look at their glass half full because they've had sports. And I know in many, many states, there's been no sports yet. So they've had sports and most of them have been able to do their school portraits, which is a big plus. Many are struggling with their clubs and organizations. And uh, last week I was actually in a school for the first time in, a, in, in many, many months and I was, uh, working with a couple editors 
what we wanted to accomplish that day. The advisor, I thought it was better that I did it in person and it was close. So they, they had sports, they had done portraits. Now they had a makeup day scheduled for today and I'll tell you a story about that in a minute. But so we were looking at what they had for their content. Now, they were not as far along as they wanted to be at this point, but that is where everybody is. So you have to every day look and say, okay, this yearbook is an elephant and how do you eat an elephant? One bite as a at a time. So you gotta take those baby steps each day to move things forward. So even when I was there last Thursday, I believe, an email came across from the superintendent, and this is a pretty small school, that they were going virtual starting Friday through uh, Martin Luther King Day. And so she had her uh, makeups for her portrait schedule for today. So again, she is rescheduling that for the third time. So she was positive. She's going to get this done. We, you know, that's all you can do is you have to go with the flow and you wanna and continue to encourage those yearbook kids, the importance of this year and telling the story of who you are and how you made it through a pandemic in 2021. Yeah, I tell you for any advisors listening and I've had this conversation with a few, Margaret, they feel like they're failing right now. Like this isn't working, I can't do this. Uh, I feel like I'm so far behind. Folks, trust me, like Margaret just said, you're not alone. I mean, there's tons and tons of people this year that feel that same way. Yes, eat the elephant is one of my favorites, all right? <laughs> one one fork or spoon or whatever you use at yeah. a time. All right, there yeah. we go. So let, let's just throw out an open-ended question here, Margaret, for those advisors out there, they're just, they feel like they're behind, they're frustrated. It's like, I'm not sure what to do. Let's give them some tips and advice, some ideas for like right now, we're roughly midway through the school year right now, at least where I live in Pennsylvania, we're about halfway through. What are some ideas to help them get things done, help them get going, help them make a great effort? Well, the first thing I would suggest is to make a list. I'm, I'm a very much a list person. So I don't want any advisors to gauge where they are right now against where they were last year. That is just extremely stressful. So let's forget there's never ever been a yearbook and this is the first year and we're doing this this way. So I would make a list of this week or every day what can you do to move this yearbook forward? And it's, again, those baby steps. I would reach out to your rep and say, hey, here's where we are. Tell me what to do. Reach out to um, uh, the, the rep with educational materials. Have the, the rep is such a valuable tool during this time because they too understand advisors' frustrations. And they too have got, most of them have a plan as how to move this forward. And again, if you need to rely on Justin's resources for designs, for a copy, uh, Justin's has already made up templates that you can use, whatever you need to do, 
don't ever think of it as a step backward. It is a step toward making a yearbook that no one has ever done before. We have not had yearbooks in pandemics. And so whatever you can do is going to be great because there's nobody at your school making a book. You're the one doing it and you are giving your student body a constant. They rely on that yearbook. So you're telling them, we are not quitting. We are going to give you a yearbook. Just think how important that yearbook is for those seniors in 2021. You need to make it happen and understand how your student body relies on you to be a constant. Yeah, it's interesting, Margaret. Back last spring, I was kind of boo-hooing for the class of 2020. I thought, oh, those poor kids, they can't have their normal graduation ceremony and maybe a prom, senior trip got canceled if they have that, that sort of thing. Oh, boo-hoo. And then over the summer, I started thinking, you know, this class of 2021, oh my goodness, this could be the whole year. And sure enough, it sure looks that way right now. This is going to be the whole year. And so, yeah, folks, whatever we can do, especially for this senior class, because boy, they deserve it. I mean, talk about having the deck stacked against you. That's, that's just crazy. Um, but okay, so make a list. I like that idea. Simple lists. Now, what would you put on the list? I mean, what are some things that should be on the list? Well, first I would look in, and look at how many pages or maybe you haven't submitted any pages at all. And I would sit down and figure out what do you have content for? Hopefully you have been taking photos. And a lot of advisors say, it's just photos with mask on. Those are important photos because those document this year. Don't worry that you've got mask on. When I was with this advisor last week, they had this uh, kind of a showstopper spread and, and it was great. And they all the kids had the mask on because they put them side by side. They had to have masks on because we're mandated to wear masks here in Arkansas. And I said, don't make excuses for that. That is great. That photo shows who we are as a school in 2021. I mean, there'll be other photos that where kids will have their mask off because they're in sports or in different ways, but this is who we are. So start making a list of what can I accomplish this week and feel positive about. Make it, maybe it's one spread. Maybe it is getting your ads all done and submitted. You know, one small step each week. And if you continue to get a positive attitude about that and take those small steps, then you are going to see a chain developing and your positivity as an advisor rubs off on the kids. You know, you may cry all the way home in the car from school, of which I have done many times, but I never put that face on in front of the kids. In front of the kids, I was, yes, yes, we can do this, no matter what obstacles we were given. And a lot of times, we had some really tough obstacles that we had to overcome. 
but we did it. It happened. And it's a, it's a matter of positivity because kids are amazing when they know someone believes in them. All right, folks, one small step for a yearbook, one giant leap for your school. <laughs> With apologies to Neil Armstrong, all right? There we go. Yes. We'll get back to our final segment with terrific yearbook advisor and Justin's ambassador, Margaret Sorrows, coming up here in just a bit. Now, this is especially for Justin schools. Now, if you're a non-Justin school, please keep listening. Uh, we're going to talk about Yearbook Plus. Again, this is, I'm calling this the biggest breakthrough in yearbooking in the last 10 years, at least. I also call this the holy grail of your booking. Now, you might be thinking, whoa, now that's a big claim. Okay, but I think we can back it up, and here's why. The holy grail of your booking means how can we activate every single student at school to get them covered? Every single kid gets covered, and they do it themselves. How about that? All right, the yearbook staff probably has enough to do this year, right? Yes. What if every student in school had the opportunity to cover themselves, to tell their own stories, and it's all attached digitally to your yearbook? That is the amazing Yearbook Plus. It's free. It's easy to do. Students have a chance to tell their own story with up to 10 of their own images, pictures only, all right? No videos, no audios, no likes, no comments, you know, none of that stuff. None of the none of the social media drama, if you will. This is all about pictures. And so a student, and this is any age, by the way, elementary, middle school, high school, college, any student has the chance to tell their own story with their own pictures, their likes, their interests, their hobbies, any of that stuff. Their big dreams. Why not tell everybody for everybody to see? And then when the yearbook comes out, it's all tied to the portraits, the headshots in the book. This year, a lot of Jostin schools, kids are going to have their phones handy. And when they get that brand new book, they're going to go right to the portrait sections. They're going to start snapping pictures of people. And if that person took the time to upload even one image, it's going to pop up right on the screen. Isn't that amazing? That's incredible. Ten times coverage if someone wants to go that far. And I see some kids probably doing some original stuff. Now, images are moderated. They're always moderated to make sure for appropriateness. We don't want what I call stupid stuff. No, we're always on the lookout for that. And then, no matter what phone or device somebody has, they can sort of unlock the magic with Yearbook Plus when the book comes out. This is not an app. Any device can do this anytime, anywhere, now, next year, five years from now, 10 years from now, and so on. You know, when you have the iPhone, I don't know, 25 or whatever it is in the future, the iPhone 25, just pull it out, snap the code we put in the book, and boom, off you go. That's it. The storytelling with Yearbook Plus is going to be off the charts. Now, for Justin Schools, again, if somehow you haven't gotten the word about this, oh my goodness, you need to contact your Jostens representative and say, hey, what's this Yearbook Plus thing? And again, from elementary to college, yes, we need an email address list, and that's only used for one thing to confirm people's identities. Again, no stupid stuff, no fooling around. For middle schools and elementaries, that would be a parent list. For high schools and colleges, that would be a student list. 
easily get that loaded and then start the promotion and watch the fun happen. It's already starting to happen at schools all across the country. So if you'd like more information on this holy grail of yearbooking, Yearbook Plus, only from Jostens, exclusive, contact your Jostens representative. And if you're a non-Jostens person and you're listening, you know, advisor and such, and you're thinking, what is that? I'm curious. No problem. Drop a note to your Jostens representative. They will be happy to fill you in. I can't wait to see what happens this winter and this spring. It's going to be amazing. Now, let's get back to our final segment with our friend Margaret Sorrows. Now, folks, stay tuned. She's got more great advice, especially for struggling advisors and especially, especially for rookie advisors in this challenging year. Now, you mentioned the kids, all right? Um, first off, I've seen multiple stories in the media, and you're, in, you're, you're tied into schools, I'm, I'm sure, closer than I am. This year, apparently, there are a record number of kids with failing grades. Kids are just, you know, all the remote learning, especially, and so on. And maybe it's the masks and the distancing and all that stuff, too. A record number of failing grades. So, in other words, there are a lot of kids out there who are really struggling. And I, Margaret, I've heard from multiple, multiple yearbook advisors. Scott, I just can't get my kids to do what needs to be done. I can't motivate them. They just, they're just slogging along and it's just not working. M Margaret, what about some ideas, especially for this year? How do we motivate yearbook kids to get done what we really need to get them done? Well, I think that the main uh, way is you, you've got to find some fun somewhere. You, if you are all remote, uh, you've got to find some fun activities. And I've seen a lot of advisors starting the day off with something fun, an icebreaker. And uh, you, you've, got, you've got to in, inject some fun there, some humor. Maybe you're, you're showing them a YouTube video of inspiration or a can-do attitude whatever you need to do. And if I was in the classroom, I always started off the day with a short, small, fun thing. Maybe it was a story. Maybe it had a kid share a story. Maybe the editors did a quick, fun thing. So that was our engagement in which we were getting everybody on the same page. And it was not the kind of culture in my room where I was harping and harping and harping. Now, were there tough conversations? Absolutely. Yes, were there conversations in the back room one-on-one -on -one with students? Absolutely. But those conversations also involve what is wrong? What can I do to help you? So again, investing in them, showing them the importance of this yearbook. Now you're mate, this is really a tough year because some kids are just not engaging at all, but find the kids that are engaging and go with them. If they can get engaged with you, maybe they can get some other kids engaged with you. So even if it's five kids, remember I've done a yearbook, I think with three kids at one time, I'm gonna say this too. I did a yearbook in another state with three kids as an after-school activity. And man, was that tough. 
but those kids were engaged and they got other kids engaged. And so we grew. It works. It works. Now, let, let's, let's go back to teachers again. All right. You are or were a teacher. My wife is a teacher. I know teachers have been really under stress here this school year. Well, since last, last spring, really. And it's going to continue. I don't know, Margaret, some stress relief tips for advisors. And, and yeah, a glass of wine. Let's get that one off the table. <laughs> Let's move that one over. Some other, I don't know, how do you relieve stress in this nutty situation we find ourselves in? Well, first, advisors need to take care of themselves. So they need to find something that is a stress reliever. Maybe that is yoga. I'm not a yoga person. Maybe that is a walk around the neighborhood. Uh, your, advisor, your advisors are going to think this is hilarious. But the biggest stress reliever for me was I loved mowing the grass. And so I could control those perfect rows. And I would always tell the kids when I was stressed, I've got to go home and mow the grass today, okay? Maybe it is listening to soothing music. Maybe it is meditation. You've got to find something that puts you into your happy place. Uh, cooking a great meal for your family. Uh, reading a book to your child you've got to put yourself first and your family, and then you're going to be much more healthy to lead that yearbook staff. All right, now for my friends in central and northern PA, mowing the lawn right now, not a, <laughs> not a good idea. Okay, no. <laughs> now snow blowing the lawn, okay, that's cool, or shoveling or something or whatever. Yes, okay. something that you can control completely that gives you, you look at it and you go, wow, that is a huge sense of satisfaction. Because I always tell advisors, you know, what you look like at the end of the year depends on what 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18 year olds are doing. So that's a little bit stressful. I'll never forget my football coach at Bryant High School told me that of how stressful it was to know that the way his image was presented was what these kids did. And I said, that's exactly what yearbook advisors feel too. What these kids are doing is what I present to the community, the community and my name is on it. All right, now, Margaret, final question, and it's my favorite final question. I've asked this to a number of different folks, and you've sort of touched on this some earlier, so if you want to repeat some things, that's fine. Um, I don't know about other parts of the country, but this year I have a record number of rookie advisors. Gee, I wonder why. Just a hunch. Um, just brand new advisors walking into this situation this year, like, boy, okay, wow. Uh, Margaret, what's some advice, just maybe not necessarily for this year, but maybe just in general, advice for brand new rookie or maybe second year yearbook advisors so that they realize, hey, this is something I need to keep on doing. I'm going to do this maybe for a long time rather than, oh, throw up their hands and, and give up. What's some advice for rookie advisors to help keep them going? Well, first advisors will realize early on that they are a lone island at school. Nobody else is doing what they're doing. And so my best advice is to build yourself a professional learning community. 
Now you can do that through many ways. If there are other schools in your district, they also have advisors that you could build a team with. I would reach out to them through social media. I would get their phone numbers. It would be somebody that I could text, that I could say, this happened today, I don't know what to do. You know, get on good terms with your rep, rely on your rep. I would also be looking at some groups on social media. Facebook has a lot of great groups of where you can pose a question and then advisors from all over the United States and actually the world can let you know what they are doing and share resources with each other. Don't reinvent the wheel constantly. Don't think you need to do that. Look for how other people have done this and figure out how you can make use of it and spend time looking at Justin's resources. I realize that involves some time and probably a lot of time on your own, but there are so many good ways to teach your booking in the Justin's curriculum. Folks, great advice. And Margaret, I've really enjoyed this conversation. I was looking forward to this one. Because like I said, I've had Bryant yearbooks and I'm just, my <laughs> mouth is open like, wow, this is really good. And folks, you heard Margaret's story earlier, all right? When she started, it wasn't that way. And you can build it. If you build it, they will come or that old movie line and so on. That's right, yes. So Margaret, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Thank you so much. Good luck, advisors. You can do it. A big, big thank you again to Margaret Soros. I told Margaret at the top, I was so looking forward to this particular interview because I have seen her prior work at Bryant High School in Arkansas, one of the top high school yearbooks in the country, year in, year out. Even now that uh, Margaret's been retired several years, she started the legacy and it just keeps going. That is an amazing, amazing yearbook. And you heard it earlier, when Margaret started well over 20 years ago, the Bryant yearbook was struggling all over the place. They turned out uh, yearbook advisors, new ones every year, like a revolving door. Margaret decided she was going to step in and change all that. That is the power of a good, strong yearbook advisor. And so you advisors listening, hey, you could do the same thing. You could be just like Margaret. But by the way, ask your Jocelyn's representative to help you along the way. We're happy to do so. And we'd love to watch that new book just bloom out of nowhere. Fantastic stuff. Folks, I hope you got some great advice there and some great ideas. And thank you again for listening to the Yearbooking Report podcast.